Kia ora and welcome to Business Your Way, a podcast where I take you behind the scenes and look at the strategies, systems and support needed to grow and scale an online service business. One that not only supports you and your family financially, but one that gives you the freedom to live the life of your dreams. I'm taking the many lessons learnt over the last two decades of running my own business and working with hundreds of clients to bring you what's working now conversations. I'm pulling back the curtain to bring you real stories from real people, including myself. We're going to talk about everything from how to get clarity on your vision, creating systems so you can automate and delegate, how to hire a kick-ass team that creates raving, returning and referring clients. We're even going to talk about how to kick those limiting beliefs to the curb so that you can flourish in your business. I'm your host, Sandra Julian, an Indigenous mama of three, fashion-loving sewist and business strategist. Each week, I want to help you dream big, plan well and do the work to grow and scale your business your way. Welcome to the Business Your Way podcast. I'm so excited that we have connected and that we get to have this conversation today. So rather than me do injustice to your profile, I'm going to hand it over to you and get you to introduce yourself, what you do and who you serve. Thank you so much for having me here. I am so excited and I love the name of your podcast, Business Your Way, because that is everything to me, creating something that actually feels really good to you as an individual. So thank you so much for having me on here. I'm excited for this conversation. I'm an ex-corporate recruiter and HR consultant, and I've been in that recruitment and HR space for about 15 years. And what I do is I help fast-growing entrepreneurs build the support team that they need around them so they can grow their business, achieve their big business goals, but not feel like they're sacrificing their life, their family, whatever it is that's important to them along the way. So I, I teach businesses how to hire and build rock star teams that actually feel amazing. So that's that's a little bit about me. I'm a mum of two. I'm an entrepreneur myself. I've started three businesses in the last 10 years. So I really know through my own experiences as well what it's like to not love what you've created, not love the people you've hired around you. So I've, I, one of my big, I guess, missions is to sort of save people making a lot of the mistakes that I've made myself as well as the ones that I help my clients to, to clean up. Uh, yeah, because we all, regardless of the amount of expertise that we have inside us, at some point, we all make this mistakes that we know that we shouldn't or, and again, that word should, but know that if we were telling someone else how to, that would be one of the things that we would say, like, avoid this or avoid that. But for some reason, we still put ourselves in those situations sometimes. So, you know, it's good to know that we can all be in that boat at some point in time. So also tell me a bit about how you make your moolah. Well, I I coach. I coach businesses. I coach entrepreneurs. So I guess, you know, given my background as a corporate recruiter, what we do, or what, what I used to do was 
sell the solution, so sell the person. So somebody would come to me and as a recruiter, I had sort of a database of people and I would I would give them a person in which case they would then give me a fee. But what I found wasn't quite right with that model was that if you didn't know how to interview great people, if you didn't know how to make the right choice for your business, then you didn't end up with the right person as well. If you weren't really clear on who you were looking for and you weren't able to articulate that well, then any the best recruiter in the world couldn't actually provide you with somebody that was right if you don't actually know. So what I do is I'm I'm a coach. So I teach people how to get really clear on who they actually need, but who they need in from that place of who do you need uniquely to suit you and the unique business that you want to build in the unique way that you need to build it so it feels great for you. So it's really peeling back the layers. So I'm a coach. So I coach people through group coaching programs. I've got a group coaching program called Hiring Mastery. Mm -hmm. And I also work with clients in a private basis. People can work with me on a one-off basis or on an ongoing sort of three-month basis. So that's how I make my money is is by coaching and teaching and that true transfer of knowledge And my definition of success is when somebody, my client, no longer needs me. It's like, great, job done. You now feel confident. You have a process that you've created in your business and you know how to do this without me winning. That is beautiful because each business is so unique. Again, coming back to the name of the podcast is Business Your Way because the business is about understanding you as the owner, what you want to create and what you want to offload to other people so that's understanding yourself first so how does how does someone start that process Paula how does someone start going oh I know I've got this to-do list that's endlessly long and I need someone to help me but I've got no idea do I need a project manager do I need a VA do I need a social media person do I need a and the list goes on Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you're starting from that solopreneur spot where it's just you doing all the things, typically the first person that you need to hire is somebody to assist you to do some of the things that you're doing at the moment. The easiest things to hand over are repeatable tasks. So if you look back at what have I done the last week? What have I done the last month? What do I do every month? What do I have to do every week? What do I have to do every day? and write those down. So just pop them in a list. And then the next time you go to do it, just screen record how you're doing it. So that little process of just going, if I was to to show somebody else how to do this, what would I say? What would it look like? That will start you moving forward on that path to being able to hand it over. And it will start to support you to see, actually, is it practical for me to give this to somebody else? But it's always easiest to hand over the things that you have done multiple times yourself and that you do all the time, because you can literally record your screen and hand that to somebody and say, just do it like this on this you know, recurring schedule, be it daily, be it weekly, etc. Because often when we're handing things over, one of the biggest challenges to us is to actually that release of control. And so based on my experience and supporting people to do this is it feels you get to stay in the most control when you can be that specific. Do it this way, 
on this day, every week, every month, et cetera, and just follow my little video. So that's kind of like your foray into it. But then, so we hand over as many things as we can that are repeatable and as many things that don't need our special touch. So in your business, we need to look at the workflow of everything that we're doing and think, well, what elements of this whole process, this end-to-end process, do I need to do because it uniquely needs my magic, my genius, and actually what parts could somebody else do either in a way that I tell them how to do it or by bringing their magic, their skill, their uniqueness to it, and it won't affect my customer or my customer may not know, my client may not know, or in fact, they may end up with a better experience. So then it's just a matter of doing that and continuing to review it and hand over more and hand over more and hand over more. But it starts with going, well, what are the repeatable things that I do all the time? What are the things that I don't need to be doing? And often, what are the things that I don't really like doing as well, or that don't really bring me joy and bring me energy? And so someone starting out, they just make a list. Things that they enjoy, things that they don't enjoy, things that in the don't enjoy list, they start looking at whether it's repeatable and then go ahead and outsource you know so from an agency point of view so you know when you're operating an agency and maybe you've only got a small agency of a couple of people or you're working your way towards that when's the point that you hand over client work where's the difference between I should employ someone who is going to generate revenue because they're doing client work or am I employing someone to do admin work which frees me up to do more client work, which is the money generating work. So from a service provider, agency owner point of view, how should we be thinking about that? What a great question. Ultimately, it's a choice and you get to choose as the entrepreneur, as the business owner, well, how much of my time do I want to spend doing the client work? Maybe it's 100%, in which case you need to really load up the administrative support. Maybe you think to yourself, well, I actually would only like to do about 80% of client work or 70% of client work. And the other 30%, I want to do marketing or business development, or actually maybe there's some elements of admin and, you know, customer satisfaction or something that you really love to do. And then once you hit that capacity, be it at 70%, be it at 100%, you then face, well, do I want to, do I as a business want to grow by taking on more clients? In which case, do I then need to find somebody who can do what I do? Or do I not want to take on more clients? And do I want to run a business whereby I lift my prices or I grow in other ways, I guess? So there's no right or wrong around it. But once you've handed over the amount, all the administration that you no longer want to do or think you should be doing, and you have clients knocking on your door and you starting to get into that situation where you're turning away more client work and you feel like you're missing opportunities that you would like to take on, then absolutely it's time to look for, well, how can how can I support more clients? So in an agency or a service-based businesses, there's a few different ways to do it. You can actually hand over a client in full to somebody else, or you can get somebody to work with you in a supporting capacity where you both might work on the clients. So, you know, many coaches have co-coaches. Some agencies actually just assign clients to different people. There's obviously different ways that you can go. And so then it's a matter of really getting clear on, well, specifically, what is it that I would want this other person to be doing? 
how would I want them to be doing it, whether that's serving my client end-to-end, whether that's supporting me, whatever it looks like, and then what are the skills or experience that the person needs to bring to the table to be able to perform that to the level I want them to, then we go and hire and look for that person. Oh, so good. So good. So the other thing, and I don't know whether you see this, but the other thing that I see lots is people putting labels on the people that they think they need. So they go, oh, I think I need a a project manager. Has anyone got like a job description where I can look at what a project manager really does so I can decide whether that's something I need or or get my own understanding around that right? Or And they I see that for a number of jobs, so be social media manager or whatever. So they actually think they need a job title as opposed to establishing what they want to offload. How is the best you know, way to move someone from thinking that they need a job title in their business to thinking about what is the person? Love this conversation. And I'm all for researching and getting ideas and supporting ourselves to get clarity on who we need by looking at what other people have done. I'm all for that. But where I see a huge mistake happening is where we decide based on what somebody else has done, what we need. So I love that you've brought this up. What we need to do to hire successfully, what we need to do is start with a blank piece of paper and download up and out of our belly and down and out of our brain, what are all the things that I would like somebody to be doing and how would I like them to be doing based on my definition of success? And something that I teach my clients to do is literally close your eyes and let's imagine it's 12 months time and we're celebrating how successful a new person that we've brought into your business is. What have they done? What have they taken off your hands? What have they grown for you? What have they started? How are they interacting with you? Are they meeting with you often? Are they meeting with you hardly ever? Are they bringing you ideas? Are they just executing what you want them to do? You know, and really getting you to put yourself in that. In 12 months time, I'm sitting there. Who's surrounding you? Like not as in what are the labels of the people, but what 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 tasks have been taken off you? What new things have been created in your business? Like, you know, has, has somebody given you introductions to a whole new, you know, territory? Has somebody just created processes in your business? Has somebody shared some of the client load? Has somebody made it so you never have to check your emails anymore? Is somebody providing you a list of all the things that you need to do? Is somebody you know, organizing your team so that you only ever have to come into a monthly meeting. You're not talking to people every day. So in other words, what is it that you want to stop doing or what is it that you would like somebody else in your business to start doing? Close your eyes, imagine that, and then write that down. And then you may not hire that, you know, you you may look at that list and that beautiful dream that you've written down, and then you may have to create it into segments going, okay, so this looks like it could be my initial person and what would we call that person? Or it may be actually here are three roles or, oh, goodness, maybe there's a generalist person who can actually do all these things and I'm going to go and search for that person. Because I think... When we, the online world, the, the business world at the moment is full of so many formulas and programs that are telling us 
the steps as to how we need to do things. And that's great. Let's learn from those. But when it comes to building your team and really when it comes to building your business beyond that initial starting point, it is really about finding the way that feels good for you. So it's less about step one is hire a virtual assistant, step two is hiring a project manager, step three is hiring you know, the client delivery person. And it's more about, well, what do you need to surround yourself with to elevate into the CEO who can grow the business, to get more clients, to do whatever the thing is that you want to do, which may not actually be more clients. So that was a long answer, but I hope that answered. (laughs) That's a beautiful answer because that's like, that's exactly how I think about it. And a few years back in my event management agency, I completely changed the job titles because I found when I was going out to recruit and I was using the standard terms of event coordinator and event manager, they had connotations attached to them. So there was some expectation just around the title. And then no one really read the job description, which I was wanting quite a a different person than maybe a perceived industry standard, if you like. Mm. So I completely changed the titles of the job to be something different because it was more focused around the tasks and the responsibilities that were in the job title of the person that I was looking for rather than the industry standard event manager you know Mm. so I really love how you explained that approach and thinking about what would that person have done for your business in 12 months time what does that look like how would you feel Oh, that's such a great way to think about it and build your business. Like, yeah, it gives me all the warm things. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paula, once we have our small team on board, how are we then managing our team? Like, mm-hmm. it's one thing to work a business and go from being just us and maybe a part-time virtual assistant just doing tasks for us But what does a business look like when maybe you've got a couple of full-time people now working in your business? We can't just be offloading tasks, right? Absolutely. So the initial launch into team is to getting people to help you, so to speak, to, to assist you in doing the things. Then we need to progress from there to empowering people and giving them true responsibility to own elements of our business so that people aren't waiting for you to direct them, to instruct them, to hand over a task. And the way we do that is by creating responsibilities, by defining roles, and by putting systems in place so that people know what they need to do and when they need to do it. And I guess this is a part that... I often see it's a resistance point because often as entrepreneurs, we like freedom. And then the thought of, you know, systemization or systemizing and putting processes in our businesses is often quite challenging. And I guess one of my big passion points and and passion areas is supporting people to realize that systemization will actually is is the key to your freedom as an entrepreneur. It is the key to shifting from people waiting for you to tell them to do something to somebody either coming up with their own ideas, which we all want. We all want proactive ideas-based people in our businesses and in our lives. So empowering them to own a particular area of your business or own their responsibilities of their role 
is that shift that we need to make. And that only comes from processes and that comes from systemization. And one of the ways to think about it is that we want to grow a business where the systems, our people work within the systems of our business. And it's those systems that hold our business up as opposed to our people being the systems that run our business. So I'll say that again because it's a slight difference. We want to build a business whereby our business is held up by systems and the people work within those systems. So the systems tell the people, this is your area of responsibility. This is what you need to do today. This is how you do it. This is the way we do and don't do things here, et cetera, et cetera. Rather than, oh, I've got a virtual assistant and she just knows what to do. She just goes into my inbox and she just, she's worked with me for so long and she just knows what to say to people and what not to say to people. That's an example of a person being the system that's holding up that particular area of our business. So I feel like that is a big resistance stage that everybody goes through, myself included, but it's one we need to move through as entrepreneurs, as CEOs, to allow our businesses to become run by our teams more than they are run by us. That's a really good way to put it, clear, Um, because I agree, systems Your people will come and go, but your systems are how you embed your way of doing your business into your business model. Absolutely. So that's a beautiful way. So when you're working with some of your clients, what are some of the biggest like hurdles and struggles that you see them come up against when they're like right I'm ready for a team or I've got a team but they're not functioning Mm. like I imagined that they would be once I brought on my unicorn you know absolutely so there's, there's a few really common things the first thing is hiring too late so to speak, and by too late, which is, you know, again, I don't like this mistakes or should language because everything's a lesson. But when we hire at a time when we're particularly stressed, we're particularly overwhelmed, we're really busy, we we don't always make the best decisions. We make decisions from a really emotional state and we don't always have the time or feel like we have the time to slow down and take the time we need to make the best decision. So I guess as a starting point, the biggest, most common thing I see is that last minute rushed hiring decision where we just choose somebody, cross our fingers, hope for the best and plug them into our business. And then The next element to that is, well, because we're often busy and because we don't feel like we have the time and we haven't sort of either learnt how to onboard somebody properly or we haven't had really great conversations through that hiring process, then the person is left to try and work it out and be as helpful as they can be. And then we, as the entrepreneur, the business owner, is is left feeling disappointed and let down because it's not working out the way we'd hoped it would. So, My biggest recommendation is take the time to learn how to hire the right person. And I talk about the three C's to hiring success, which is clarity, really clear on who you need, confidence, knowing how to interview them and know if the person's right for you. And then the third C is commitment. So like doubling down on training and investing the time and putting the structures in place so the person is successful. So learn how to hire and take the time to hire and usually hire before you're ready. So that's the first 
my first sort of set of tips based on what I see all the time. Then the second stage is around setting expectations, really clear expectations of actually what you want the person to do, what success looks like, what's the responsibility end-to-end you want them to hold, what is their decision-making power, and getting really clear on that communicating that really well and usually that's a matter of over communicating like as entrepreneurs we think we've communicated enough and usually we haven't so that's sort of taking more time to explain more and allow more time for questions etc etc and knowing there's going to be a training period where mistakes are going to be made where things are going to be misinterpreted so not having an expectation that it's going to be a perfect path forward and then leaning into a mistake or a hiccup and looking for the business lesson there. Okay, oh, is there a system missing? Well, why did that happen? Okay, what do we need to do a little bit differently so that that doesn't happen again? What process do we need so that you know not to do that or you know to do that or we know as a business to double-check that? So leaning in to the things that are happening in the business, which are typically at that stage when it doesn't feel as good as what we'd hoped it would, so leaning into that with curiosity rather than furiosity, for the lessons. Oh, okay, so goodness, nobody's doing anything that I want them to do. Gosh, where's the lesson here? Let me go back to the expectations I set. Let me go back and look for the gaps. Where was there room for assumptions? So what led you to think that that was what I wanted? Ah, when I said that word, you thought I meant that. I meant this. Okay, great. Let's define that now so that everybody in the business knows. Let's write that down. Oh, I thought I said that. You didn't hear that. Okay. Let's make sure we're writing notes down in the meetings. Who's responsible for writing notes? Okay, cool. Oh, so what is it that led to that? Why did that happen? How come we were working on that last minute, you know, the night before cart open, the night blah, blah, blah. How come? Ah, because in our checklist, nobody had double check the shopping cart written down. Okay, cool. Let's add that into our checklist. So really leaning in with that curiosity. Oh, what's missing here in the, you know, what's the business lesson that the business needs to learn here? And how do we make sure this doesn't happen again, or we minimize the chance of it happening again? And I'm going to say it again, leaning in with curiosity rather than furiosity, because what I see is because when we're stressed, you know, our emotions are heightened. We thought that just hiring great people, unicorns and plugging them in was the answer. Then what happens is we get a bit like, oh my goodness, this isn't feeling great. I'm angry. We start to doubt our decision. Maybe I shouldn't have hired that person. Maybe they were wrong. Maybe they lied to me in an interview. Maybe that wasn't the, maybe I didn't need a project manager. Maybe I needed an assistant, et cetera, et cetera. So rather than furiosity, doubt-fueled thinking, calm, big breath, curiosity thinking will show us the answer. That is so good because so often we do get frustrated so quickly when someone doesn't read our minds, right? Totally. And that's the thing. We bring so many assumptions to the table that we've got no idea are there, but people can't read our minds. They're like, oh, what part of that did I expect was mind reading here? Let's ask some questions and find it. Yes. The other one, you know, that I have personally come across is I've had someone in my business and they were with me for so long that ESP was actually a thing. You know, it was like they were able to read my mind and I'm like, things would happen. And I'm like, oh, you read my mind. I was just thinking about that. And then I employed someone new, but someone completely new to my industry. So they had no experience of the business event industry whatsoever. They were 
fresh and new. And we have all kinds of acronyms and, you know, internal language for the business. It's it's a thing. And if I was going by that philosophy of hire slow, fire fast, I would have fired my best employee, you know. So in that scenario, and she is still with me, and she is the best team player ever, because in my heart, I knew the fit for the culture of my business was there. I just had to take the time and the patience to onboard her, which took a lot longer than perhaps someone who may have had a little bit of industry knowledge or a little bit of experience in an event management role. She'd come from a completely, it was completely like night and day. So it was the, all right, you thought I said that, I meant this, you know, how did you take that without crushing her confidence Mm. in those first early months, you know? So it was really hard and it tested my patience to the nth degree. But if I hadn't gone through that and really known in my heart that the person, the personality, the fit for my business was right. I just had to get the tasks and the expectations to the same level as the fit of the person for my business. If I hadn't had that of top in my mind during that whole thing, I really would have lost a really good employee. So, you know, that whole be curious around what's going on and the understandings and the language, oh, that is that is super important. And I, I love the way that you phrased that up. That made total sense and just, you know, opened my mind a lot more. And I didn't realize that that was what I was doing until you actually just said, be curious, understand what you communicated, what they took from what you communicated and how they interpreted it and get clearer. And also what I'm hearing from you is that you you backed your own decision. You, you, you would have been thinking to yourself, even subconsciously, well, I hired this person for a reason. So I'm not going to drop into doubt. Oh, I made a mistake. I'm going to think, hmm, okay, this is this industry gap that I was aware of when I hired you. Okay, so what do I need to teach you here? So I love that as well because, you know, if you're not confident and if you if you rush through that initial decision that you make to hire somebody, you know, and I see this all the time. So you say you hire somebody because they're a referral. Oh, you were great in so-and-so's business and she says you're fantastic. So I'll just bring you over here to mine and, you know, I'm sure you're going to be fantastic. And you don't sort of do that thorough clarity piece of what you're looking for, clarity in conversation as to what they like to do, don't like to do, are good at, etc. then it's so easy to drop into that doubt mm. where as soon as there is a little hiccup or a miscommunication or a misassumption or something, then you sort of go, oh, I made a mistake. So that's what I also heard from you. You were sort of, you were able to be curious because you didn't immediately doubt your decision. You acknowledged and went, oh goodness, this is frustrating. I need to draw on all the patience and find the time, probably more time than what you wanted to invest. Mm. But knowing that you'd made a good hire, knowing that that person had the personality fit, the long-term cultural fit for your business, then you were able to be curious. So well done you. So yeah, so I kind of bounce back against that idea of, you know, fire fast because I'm like, mm-hmm. that's not always... That's not always a good thing, you know. No, you I could, agree. 
You could be doing that all the time if you're not examining how you're onboarding, Mm. how you are teaching them your way of doing business. Mm. You know, regardless of their amount of experience, that where they've come from could have done things completely differently. And you don't want somebody else's processes to come and invade your own business when you're building your business your way. So absolutely. My little favorite saying is hire slow, correct early. Oh, that's beautiful. I like that. Excellent. Well, what are what are three three things that you would share with a service provider, agency owner who is looking to grow their team? Like if there were three things that you could leave them with, what would that be? Take time to learn how to hire really well for your uniqueness and for your unique business, that in, like as in your business that looks like now and the business that you're building. That would be my first one. Look for ways to systemize what you want people to do. So you're looking to systemize what you want people to do, how you want people to do it, and how will the team know what somebody should have done if they didn't turn up? <laughs> So looking for sort of, you know, prompting systems and also descripting, you know, how to do it systems. And then the third big tip that I would leave with you is lean into conversations and lean into what you're probably perceiving to be difficult conversations. So the more conversations we have with people who've joined our business, particularly in the earlier days, the easier every conversation becomes down the track. So that higher, slow, correct, fast or correct early. So if you see somebody making a mistake, don't fix it. Talk to them about it mm-hmm. with curiosity rather than curiosity. What led you to do this? What made you think that was right? Okay, cool. Let me explain to you what I was actually looking for. Let's have a conversation about it. Because every single person I talk to wants to have this beautiful culture of openness and transparency where somebody comes to me if they're having a problem where they wouldn't just sort of resign and leave me feeling surprised. But you only get that if you create and foster that yourself with people by being honest with them. So make open, transparent conversations normal for anybody joining your business and then they become the way you do things. So stop sort of almost don't view things as a difficult conversation, just view it as a conversation or a correcting conversation, which you need to have as the CEO, they need to hear to actually be the thriving person you want them to be. They're my sort of three tips. Yeah, great. Because that requires us to step into our own leadership role as a business owner. Yes. Yeah. And, And that's a learning journey on us as well. So not only have we got the learning journey of hiring a team and creating open and honest and transparent conversations, but that doesn't happen by default. That happens because we have to learn how to step into our own leadership role to lead our team by example. Absolutely. So I know that you have got a quiz all about leadership styles. So can you tell us quickly about what we will learn in that quiz? Yeah, absolutely. So you'll learn a little bit about yourself as a leader and therefore the type of people that you should look to hire so that you feel really supported and so that you get what you need out of people. So it's a leadership quiz. So understand your unique leadership style so that you know who to hire. And you can find that over in paulamaidens.com forward slash quiz. And I guess the reason I built that was because it gets to the heart of one of the 
the biggest challenges that I that I work with clients on, which is that first stage of clarity, of looking in the mirror, of working out, well, what do you like in your unique way? What's going to annoy you? What's going to make you feel fully supported? What's going to truly help you to thrive? And what's the sort of business that you're looking to build? So definitely jump over and check that quiz out. Yeah, definitely. And I'll put a link to that quiz in the show notes. So it's only a click away. How else can people reach out to you if they want to know more about what you do and how you can help them? Absolutely. Well, I hang out a lot on Instagram. So you're welcome to come over there. My handle is Paula Maidens Consulting, or you can check out my website, which is just paulamaidens.com. But it's me in the DMs over on Instagram. So feel free to reach out and say hi. Let me know that you have you know, been listening to this podcast, what you thought, and let's have a chat because I absolutely love just engaging with people. So reach out to me. Perfect. Paula, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast today and sharing all of that really good information that we need to take on as business owners when we are looking to grow and build a team around us. Those were super valuable insights and lessons for us. So I appreciate you being here today and sharing all of that with us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Before you go today, I wanted to say thank you for being here and listening all the way to the end. All of the links to this week's episode can be found in the show notes. Or if you like to read a really good blog, then you can head over to my website at sandrajulian.co forward slash podcast. Now you've probably realized that running a business is not for the faint hearted. There are challenges coming at you left, right and centre every day. But I'm here to tell you that challenges are only challenges because you haven't yet found an answer to them. The solution could actually be easier than you may think. But if you're anything like me, you tend to overthink or overanalyze the solution that is right in front of you. So what do you have to do to become the best boss you could possibly be? Well, you could go and take my two-minute free agency owner persona quiz at sandrajulian.co forward slash quiz. Here you'll find out how you can scale and streamline your business without compromising you and your lifestyle. I can't wait to know what your results are so once you've done the quiz why don't you take a screenshot jump over to instagram share it on your stories and don't forget to tag me i'm at sandrajulian.co if you've enjoyed today's episode make sure that you hit the subscribe button to get notified of the new episodes as soon as they're released and if you listen on spotify or the apple podcast app then I'd really appreciate if you could rate the show and perhaps leave a quick review if you are on the Apple app. Those five stars would mean the world to me and it would help get this show in the ears of more online service business owners. Alrighty, my friend, have the most productive week and I will talk to you again real soon.